All right. We are up to Daf Membez Amid Aleph. We are uh, three, four, five lines into the page, Tani Idah. So just to review what the Gemara is talking about, is the Pasuk says regarding an animal that's getting killed, an animal that's supposed to get the death penalty, the Gemara says, the Pasuk says, Bal Hashar Naki, that the owner of the animal is cleansed. So we said, what does that mean? So we've been offering a couple drushas. So originally the first drasha has Bal Hashar Naki, that you're not allowed to benefit from the hide. Then we had a second opinion yesterday that Rav Eliezer said, Bal Hashar Naki teaches you that there's no kaifer, chatzi kaifer by a tam, meaning that if a muid kills someone, you pay kaifer, but if a tam kills someone, there is no half kaifer. That was balashar naki, that the owner is naki, the owner is cleansed, the owner is, is absolved. Rav Akiva didn't like that because Rav Akiva had a problem, because Rav Akiva says, I don't understand, uh, every tam you pay from the value of the animal, it's contingent on the animal having value inherently. Uh, there's no half kaifer because there's no value because the animal is supposed to be killed. So what are you supposed to do? Sell the animal? What market value does an animal have when it's supposed to be killed? Okay, that was the discussion we had yesterday. Now a new drush of Baal Hasharnaki. Tani Baal Hasharnaki, the owner of the animal that's supposed to be killed is absolved. Rav Naki It means that the owner of the animal does not have to pay for the fetus. What is this referring to? This is referring to the concept that the Pasuk says, Ki anoshim that if two men are fighting with each other, and they're trying to hurt each other, and one man punches, instead of punching the other guy, he misses, and he hits the other guy's wife, and causes her to miscarry. God forbid. The Pasuk says that you have to pay for the value of the fetus. Okay. To that, the Pasuk is now saying, Bal Hashar Naki, that you only have to pay for the value of a fetus when men are getting into a fight and hurt the baby. But if the ox gores a woman and causes the fetus to get lost, you do not have to pay for that fetus. Meaning you'll have to pay stam, nezek, whatever you have to pay for all damages, but you do not have to pay a special penalty to pay for the value of the fetus. Baal hasharnaki, the animal, the owner of the animal is exempt. Okay. Amle Rav Akiva, Rav Akiva says, I don't understand. Rav Akiva says, what do you need a Pasuk for? You're telling me there's a special Pasuk to say that the owner of the animal doesn't have to pay for the fetus, and if not for this drasha, I would think that you would have to pay for the fetus. But what is the Pasuk that talks about the fetus? What does the Pasuk say? Ki natsu anoshim. Anoshim v'loi behemis, meaning the Pasuk itself describes the introduction of the Pasuk that it's not referring to animals. So what do you need this special Pasuk, Balashar Naki, as if to say that if not for that Pasuk, I would think that the animal is included in the parasha. The parasha starts off, Anoshim, Anoshim v'loi shvarim. So why would I need a Pasuk? So the Gemara says, Shapikam Ravikiva, that's a good taina. So why do you need the Pasuk? Why does Rebbe Yasegli need the Pasuk to exempt the owner of the ox, from paying for vladis, the Pasuk says, Anoshim, Anoshim v'loi behemis. The Pasuk is talking about people. Why would I think it's talking about animals? So, Amrav Ula Bredar of Idi, Itzterich, the reason why you need the Pasuk to exempt the owner of the animal from paying for the fetus, and Anoshim is not enough, I would say like this, Anoshim v'loi I would say you're right. If just the Pasuk said Anoshim, I would say, oxen are not involved, except only when they're similar to a person. See, a person is a mood. There's no such thing as a tam by a person. A, ter- a person punches somebody, he's a mood. Because it's an act of aggression. 
It's not like he wasn't aggressive, then became aggressive. People are automatically a mood. So this is, I'll say it outside, we'll see it inside. So if I just had the Pasuk Anoshim, I would say like this. Men have to pay for the fetus, but not an ox. But when is an ox exempt? When it's like a person when it's a muad. Meaning, muad potter, tam chayiv. So that, there's a second pasuk, and it says, Baal Sharnaki that a Baal HaTam is also potter. So the Gemara says, Sol you might think anashim b'leishvarm. You're right. The pasuk is describing oxen, people, and not oxen, that oxen are not included in the parasha, but dafka doimin l'anashim. It's only exempt when the ox is like a person which is a muad. I would say that maybe if the ox gores, if I just had the Pasuk Anashim, I would say, an ox is only potter if it's a muad, but if it's a tam, it's chayiv. To that, the Pasuk says, that the Pasuk saying, no, that a tam is potter in all circumstances. Meaning, if I just had, again, the question is, why do I need two psukim to tell me that if an animal gores a woman, and it causes a miscarriage, you don't have to pay for the fetus. Why do I need two psukim? So it says the Gemara like this. If I just had the first pasuk, I would say, oxen are only exempt when they're a muad. But if they're a tam, they're chayiv. Kamash no, a tam is also potter. Does that make sense? If I just had one pasuk to exempt, I would say it's only exempt when it's a muad. Muad potter, tam chayiv? I need a second pasuk to say tam is also potter. So I would think that a muad is, is potter from, from damages, but a tam is chayiv? It's the opposite. That doesn't make any sense. The Gemara says, A citizen lives on the ground, but a resident lives on the lives in the in the heavens. Meaning, that's the, always the Gemara's way of like a slang version of saying, what are you talking about? It's the opposite. So you're telling me that I would say that a tam is chayiv and a mood is potter? That doesn't make any sense. Why would a tam be chayiv and a mood is potter? We always treat a mood more stringently. So the Gemara says, okay, Rather, the reason why you need two psokim to tell you that the animal doesn't have to pay for floods is if you just had the word anoshim to say that only men have to pay and not oxen, I would say if you just had anoshim, I would actually say that all oxen are potter, both tam and muad. To that, the Pasuk is saying, Balasharnaki, that the only one that's exempt is a tam, but a mood is takachayev. Meaning, why do you need the word Balasharnaki? The Balasharnaki is not exempting the ox. It's actually requiring the ox if it's a mood. Meaning, Balasharnaki. If it's a tam, it's potter, but if it's a mood, it's chayev. So now we're saying the drasha of Balasharnaki is not exempting a- animals from paying, it's exempting a tam. But a muad is actually chayiv. It's actually being mechayiv a muad to pay for vladis. So the problem with this is, you're saying that it says in the beginning of the parasha anoshim, which excludes animals, but it says balashar naki. So what you're doing is, you're saying it excludes a tam, but a muad is chayiv. That's basically the conclusion. The problem is, there's another parsha that has the same flow. The parsha also starts off with anoshim, and that is regarding, not regarding killing a fetus, it's regarding embarrassment, right? The Pasuk describes that if two men are fighting and um, the woman grabs the man's makam uh, erva and it causes him embarrassment, she has to pay. Now, if you're going to input the same, like, formula that you just had, that anytime it says anoshim in the beginning, it's pattering both. And then balashar naki is requiring a muid, that would mean also that if an ox causes embarrassment, it would be chayiv if it's a muid and pater if it's a tam. 
if the same formula, the problem is that's not true. The problem is we say that an ox is completely potter from busha. If the ox causes damage that actually embarrasses the person, you're completely potter. So this formula is a problem. The Gemara says, according to your formula, Gabi Boishis Nami even put input the same formula regarding humiliation. The Pasuk says regarding uh, the Pasuk says regarding embarrassment, Anoshim, and you should say the same thing that's exempting oxen that are like Anoshim, which is Tam and Muad. But then Balasharnaki says that the oxen that's a mood is chayiv. So according to your formula, that would mean busha done by an ox, if it's a mood, is chayiv. The problem is, The problem is that's not true. Everyone agrees that the animal is potter. So what, what is going on over here? So the Gemara says, okay, you're right. Again, we're back to the same problem, which is, why does Rav Yosef Glili have to say that Balashar Naki exempts the owner of the animal from paying for the miscarriage when I already have Anoshim V'lishvarim? So why do I need both drashas? So Abaya and Rav say the following. Anoshim ein oson bi'isha ya'onshu. Yesh oson bi'isha lo ya'onshu. V'lishvarim da'afagavdi yesh oson ya'onshu. Ha'adakasar achmana Balashar Naki da'pater. You want to know why I need two drashas? Why isn't it enough to say anoshim veloshvarim? To say that this parsha applies to people and not to animals? I'll tell you why. When you say the parsha doesn't applies to people and not to animals, that kind of sounds like you're saying people have to pay for the miscarriage and not animals. Animals are exempt. I don't, I don't read it that way. I actually think animals should be treated more stringently. Why? What's the halacha if, again, these two men are fighting? One of them punches that woman and causes her to miscarriage. So the puzzles say you have to pay. What if instead of causing her to miscarriage, it causes her to miscarriage and it kills her? She dies also. Do you pay for the miscarriage? No. Why? Kim You're getting the death penalty. So the death penalty will cover the payment. What if that ox were to gore a woman, cause a miscarriage and cause her to die? Would you have to conceptually pay? Yes, because there's no such thing as Kim by an ox. So therefore... This is the evolution. The parsha applies to people and not to oxen, not to exempt oxen, but to say that oxen are always chayiv, because oxen are chayiv even if the woman were to die. To that, the Pasuk says, Balashar Naki, no, oxen are exempt. That's the evolution. The reason why you need two is because if you just had one, I would say oxen are different than a person, not to say that they're exempt, that oxen are chayiv even when there's the death of the woman. So even when there's the death of the woman, which would give the guy the death penalty, which would exempt him from paying if it was humans, I would say that an animal, not only is an animal chayiv, it's mega chayiv. It's like super chayiv. It's chayiv even when there's the death of the woman. Kamash balan balashar naki potter. Now one last issue with this, this works out well, there's one last problem. You're saying that if these two men are fighting and they intend, one guy, Reuben is trying to hit Shimon. And as he swings a punch, Shimon's wife stands in and it hits her. So the miscarriage, you have to pay. And then we said, what if she were to die? You wouldn't have to pay. Why? Because you get the death penalty. That's actually a machleikas tanoim. Whether you get the death penalty when you intended to kill A, and you ended up killing B. It's a machleikas, whether that's true. So you read this Gemara according to the assumption that if these two men are fighting, and Reuven is trying to hurt Shimon, and he's not trying to hurt the wife at all. He's trying to hit Shimon, maybe even trying to kill Shimon. 
But instead of killing Shimon, he kills Shimon's wife. So you said he would get the death penalty. That's not so posh. That's actually Machlaikas Tanoim. According to many Tanoim, you do not get the death penalty for that because you did not intend to kill the person you ended up killing. So how do you read in the Gemara then? So the Gemara says, I don't understand. You're assuming that oh, an ox would always have to pay because the person wouldn't have to pay if he if he ended up killing the woman. Why? Because if he killed the woman, he gets the death penalty. That's not so true. I, I don't think you'd get the death penalty in that case. I think you would have to pay because you're not going to get the death penalty according to most Tanoim. So the Gemara says, you're right. Let's reread the Gemara to work it according to everybody. When it comes to men, if they're fighting, if Reuben is trying to kill Shimon, and he ends up killing Shimon's wife, he will have to pay, because there is no death penalty. But let's say Reuben, instead of trying to kill Shimon, tries to kill Shimon's wife, and he ends up killing her and causing a miscarriage. So that's straight up death penalty, no payment. But in Ox, But this parasha does not apply to Oxen, because I would say by an Ox, you should have to pay always, even when the ox tries to kill that woman and intends to kill her and kills her and causes a miscarriage. I would say the ox should have to pay because there's no one more jerusha as to what does the word Balasharnaki teach us. Again, we've had yesterday we had Balasharnaki teaches you according to one Tana that you don't benefit from the hide. Then Rav Liezer said that there's no half kaifer. Rav Akiva didn't like that. Then we just had Rav Yosei that Balasharnaki teaches me that there's no payment for the miscarriage. And now the last one is Rav Akiva. Balasharnaki, Rav Akiva Naki Medmei Eved. There is no shloishim for Eved by a tam. What does that mean? If a muid kills a slave. You don't pay kofer. Kofer is the value of the person. You don't pay kofer. That's by a, a Jew. If it kills a Canaanite slave, there is a financial penalty if the muid kills a Canaanite slave, but it's not kofer. It's called shloishim shalevet. It's 30 dinars. It's a penalty from the Torah to pay 30 dinars. Because regardless of the value of the slave, you're paying 30 dinars. That's only true if a muid kills what if a tam kills? Is there half shloshim shel dinar? The answer is no. Bal hashar naki, you're completely exempt. Go to the next page. The Gemara says, Akasha, v'neimah rev akiva l'nafshei, halay atzma in mishalom elimigufo, yevi l'bezin v'yishalom loch. Anu this in, yesterday, we had that rev akiva didn't like this. Yesterday, Rav Eliezer said, Balashar Naki teaches me that there's no half kofer. Rav Akiva says, of course there's no half kofer. Kofer is paid from the value of the, sl- of the animal itself. Right, you get a percentage of the animal itself, or you sell the animal and then pay because there's a cap, and the animal has no market value. So of course there's no half kofer. That was Rav Akiva's objection yesterday to Rav Liesa, and Rav Liesa gave his answers. Today comes Rav Akiva and he says, "You know about Sharnaki teaching me? There's no half shloshim shall ever." Which is a, it's incredibly similar. The same katina that Rav Akiva had in Rav Liezer, he should have on himself. Of course, there's no half shloshim shalevet. The shloshim shalevet would have to be paid by the from the value of the animal itself, and the animal has no market value because it's meant to be killed in Bezdin. So I, I don't understand the same taina Rav Akiva had in Rav Liezer, he should have on himself. So the Gemara has a quick back and forth. The case is where the animal was slaughtered by the owner 
before the owner had a chance to take it to court. Meaning, if the owner had taken it to court, it would have no market value. But over here, the, and the owner slaughtered it before it brought it to court, so you might think it has a market value. And it should pay half Shalshim Shalavid, Kamash Malan, no. Maud is saying, you might think, you should sell the animal, and the animal has value. Kamash Malan, no. Since the ox is meant to be put to death, even though you didn't bring it to court, it still is not allowed to benefit from. Okay. The Gemara's point is, um, since it's supposed to be killed, uh, even though it's not yet in Bezin, so it's not Asabhana yet, the Torah does not require you to pay, to have financial payments based on the value of the ox. Now, second, all right, the Gemara says, Yihachi, wait a minute. According to Rav Akiva, the Pasuk is saying there's no half shloshim for Levit. And Rav Akiva didn't like Rav Liezer because it has, what do you mean? Of course it has, of course there's no half kofer. The same question we just had in Rav Akiva. And the answer was, the cases where it was slaughtered before you took it to court. So why didn't Rav Liezer say that? The answer is, Hachanami, Rav Akiva could have anticipated that answer, yesterday's daf. Rav Akiva was hoping that Rav Liezer would have a better reason, and Rav Liezer Taka did have a better reason, but the truth is, Rav Akiva could have anticipated this being Rav Liezer's cheshman. Rav Liezer, Nami, Lishnei, Lishakandu, So why didn't Rav Liezer Taka say, again, yesterday's daf, Rav Liezer says, what does Balashar Naki teach me? So Rav Liezer says, it teaches me there's no half kofer. Rav Akiva says, of course there's no half kofer. There's no market value. It's a good question. And then Rav Liezer gave his own answer. Today, Rav Akiva says, what does Balashar Naki teach me? There is no half shloshim shalevet. Same question. Of course there's no half shloshim shalevet. I don't need a puzzle. There's no market value. So Rav Akiva said, the case was where I slaughtered it before it was taken to court. You might think it has a market value. Kamash Malan, no. So why didn't Rav Liezer say that yesterday? Why did he give a different answer? Why didn't he say this? The answer is, Amr Lach, Rav Liezer would say, Hasam hu dineschavin la'aregasa behem of aregasa adam, dishar lav barkatol hu klal, tisol gadai tachamina nechayiv, itzter kolimute, avohacha demi kara barkatol hu, leitzarachra afal gavdashachte. Rav Liezer didn't like this being the interpretation of the Pasuk. Again, Balashar Naki teaches me there's no either half kofer, there's no half shalshim shalevet. So he said, of course there's no half, sh- half shalshim shalevet. So says Rav Akiva, the case is where you slaughtered it before it was taken to court. Rav Liezer didn't give that answer because Rav Liezer says that's Pashan. You're telling me, again, what's the taina? The taina is, the animal, you're telling me there's a pasuk that the animal, Balashar Naki, teaches me there's no half shloshim shalevet by a tam. To that, the Gemara had the same taina in Rav Akiva. Of course there's no half shloshim shalevet because it has no market value. It's supposed to be put to death. To that, Rav Akiva said, the cases where you slaughtered it before you take it to court. Who cares? The animal is still supposed to be put to death. It doesn't matter whether you took it to court or not. Rav Liezer doesn't like that because Rav Liezer says that doesn't make a difference. It still has no market value. It still partially has no market value. It's meant to be taken to court. It did an Avera. It caused someone's death and it's supposed to be put to death. It has no market value. It's also Bahano, regardless of whether it was taken to court or not. That's why Rav Liezer gave a different answer yesterday that the case is where it doesn't get the death penalty. If you remember yesterday, I think the case was that it meant to kill A and it killed B or 
the, the owner was the one who was moida that it killed, but there was no edim. The point is, there was no actual chi of misa. If there's a chi of misa, even if it was taken before it was taken to court, it's still asabanot's pasha. Rav didn't like it. Rav Akiva nami So what does Rav Akiva do with that? How could he say that's what the pasuk is referring to when it's pretty obvious that it doesn't matter whether you slaughtered it before court or not? El Amr Ravasi, okay. You rather change up shot. Hamilsa mepid de I heard this vart. Umani Rav Yosef Bechanina. I heard from Rav Yosef Bechanina. Sol katei tachamina. Hayol v'amir Rav Akiva. Af tam shechava ba'odam mishalim moisin nezik shalim. Mishalim nami dmei eved ma'alya. Kasev rachmana bal hashar naki. Meaning, what's the halacha? A tam that gores a person. So you'll say half damages, right? When a tam gores an animal, it's 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 chatzin nezik. That's for sure. What about when a tam gores a person? Rav Akiva Shita, if you remember, it's a machlegas tanoim. Rav Akiva Shita is that when a tam gores a person, it's nezek shalim. So now going back to the case, what's the what's the what's the case? The 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 shaila was the pasuk says balashar naki, which Rav Akiva says it teaches me there's no there's no chi of shloshim shal eved if a tam kills a slave. So we said of course not. It's also bahana. The answer is, you might think that because when a tam gores a person, it pays Nezek Shalem. So you might think, and Nezek Shalem, right? Nezek Shalem is not, is not based on the value of the animal itself. It's, there's no cap. It's just Nezek Shalem. So because if a tam gores a person, it pays Nezek Shalem, maybe if a tam kills an Evid, it also pays Shloshim Shalem. Again, what was the problem? The problem was, tam only pays Chatzin Nezek which means you get a percentage of the value of the animal. The animal has no market value. Why is that not a problem by muid? Because a muid is not nothing to do with the value of the animal. Muid is just you pay Nezek Shalim. You pay for the value of the damage. So says the Gemara, Rav Akiva holds that when a tam gores a person, you pay Nezek Shalim. So may, maybe also when a tam gores kills an evid, you also pay Nezek Shalim. You pay Shalashim Shalavid. The problem is, when a tam gores a person, Rav Akiva says you pay Nezek Shalim, there's still a cap. Even Nezek Shalim, when a tam gores a person and pays Nezek Shalim, even Rav Akiva is moida, there's a cap, which means it's still based on the value of the animal. And back to the original problem, this animal has no market value. Meaning, why is it that there's kofar by a muid? Because the value, I, the animal, is supposed to be put to death. The muid payment is 100% to pay for the damage. It is irrelevant, the value of the aggressive animal. It's irrelevant. There's no cap. There's no percentage of the... It doesn't matter. You pay. A tam, the payment of a tam, even Nezek Shalim, is contingent on the value of the animal. Meaning, even when Avakiva says that a tam gores a person and pays Nezek Shalim, you don't just pay the value of the damage. You pay Nezek Shalim up to the value of the aggressive animal. If the aggressive animal is supposed to be put to death and has no market value, there is no payment. So why... Back to the original question... Why is it that Rav Akiva says, Balashar Naki teaches me that there's no tam payment, Shloshim Shalevit? Of course there's no payment, Shloshim Shalevit. The animal has no market value. And even though Rav Akiva holds tam pays Nezek Shalim, but still Nezek Shalim is still, it's still based on the value of the animal itself. It's still capped. Amle Rav Zeyla Rav Asi, Hatav Rav Akiva L'Gzizeh, Rav Akiva broke his own ruling. He 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 limited it. The Tanya, Rav Akiva, Oymer, Yochel, Yishal, Menaliyah, Tamalem, Kemish, Rashi, Yaseloi. There's still a cap, which means even a, a tam never a tam's payment, whether it's nezik shalom or chatzin nezik, is always contingent on the value of the animal itself. This animal has no market value. It's also 
Therefore, I don't need a Pasuk to tell me there's no Shleshim Shalavid by Atam. Back to the original problem. So the Gemara says, This is Rav's Yisoyed, which will take us almost to the end of the daf. Rav says, I'll tell you very simply. You know what the shot is? When uh, when you have right, there's no let's go to yesterday's daf, right? A muid that kills a person pays kaifer. Raviliezer says, if a muid, if a tam kills a person, maybe there's half kaifer. Balasharnaki says there's no payment at all. Rav Akiva didn't like that because Rav Akiva says, if it's a tam, it has no market value. Okay, that was a tiny yesterday. What about today's daf? The exact same thing, but instead of kofer, he is saying it by shloshim shalever. Meaning that we know that if a muid kills a slave, there's shloshim shalever. You pay thirty dinars. Rav Akiva says I might think that if a mu if a tam kills an eved, he should also pay kamashal and balasharnaki. We said, I don't understand. When a tom pays, it's based on the value of the animal. This animal has no market value. It should be the exact same thing as a kofer. You know what the answer is? Shloshim Shalevet is actually more strict than kofer. Why? Kofer is you pay the value of the person. If the person's worth $100, you pay $100. person's worth 20 bucks, you pay 20 bucks. Shloshim Shalevet is actually more strict. Why? You pay 30 dinars regardless of the slave's value. The value of the slave could be $3. You're paying 30 dinars. Doesn't matter. So you might think that because Shloshim Shalevit is like a knas and it's a very strict penalty, you might think even a tam should pay. Kamash one, no. Meaning, although we know that a tam is not going to pay for kofer, but Shloshim Shalevit might be different. Why? Because Shloshim Shalevit is a knas. And it's a very high-level knas, because even if you have an older slave that's 100 years old, that's 350 pounds, and his market value is $2, you are paying 30 dinars of, which is a tremendous amount of money. Point is, because of that, I might think that there is Shloshim Shalavit by Atam, Kamash no. That's the point, basically, that Rav Akiva, the reason why he thinks that there would be Shloshim Shalavit by Atam, even though Atam has no market value, is because Shloshim Shalavit is a knas, because it doesn't matter the value of the Evid, you're paying the same amount. You might think there is there is no cap and you pay it by a Tom as well. Kamashal, no. That's Rava's Pshat. And now we have a Bryce that backs up Rava. We'll do a little bit of Gemara and then we'll done. Tanya Kavasid the Rava. We have a Bryce that backs up Rava. What does the Bryce say? Balasharnaki, the owner of the animal is absolved. Ravakiva says this is telling you that if an Atam kills a slave, there is no Shulshim Shalevit. So the Gemara says, wait a minute, what do I need a Pusik for? It's Mamish, what we just did in a Brysa. Well, I didn't. I don't understand. Isn't there a Kavachoymer that says I don't have to pay? What do I need a Pusik for? Hoyo Vachayev Be'evid Vachayev Ben Choren. What are you for? There's kofer by a, when you kill a, a, a Jew. There's shloshim shalevet when you kill a slave. Now there is no kofer by a tam, so shouldn't there not be any kofer by, by a tam? Meaning, there's no kofer by a tam, so shouldn't there not be any shloshim shalevet by a tam? What's the difference? And another reason, I have another reason why you shouldn't have to pay Shloshim Shalavit by a Tom. Because by a Kofer, you're paying a lot of money, potentially, right? If you have a slave that's worth $10 million, you're paying $10 million. And there's still no Kofer by a Tom. Shloshim Shalavit is just 30 dinars. 
What if the animal? What if the slave is worth a hundred? You're only paying thirty, so you should be more lenient. So what do I need a pasuk for? To that the Gemara says what well, Rava says. No, 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 you're mistaken. Shloshim Shalavit is actually a knas, and it's more strict. Why? By kofer, you're paying the value of the person. If he's worth 30, you pay 30. If he's worth one, you pay one. But by Shloshim Shalavit, where you always pay 30 dinar, even if the slave is worth a dollar, you might think that because it's a knas, there should be a knas by Tam as well. Kamash no. Okay, end of that sugya. We'll do one more quick sugya, and that is going to take us into a discussion of inheritance. Yerusha by a woman who passes away. Who gets it? Does it go to the husband? Does it go to her parents, her father, her family? That's the question. So the Gemara says, Tan Rabban, Vehemis Ish Oisha. The Pasuk says regarding a muad that if a muad kills a man or a woman, it pays kofar. Why do I need the Pasuk to tell me that you pay kofar if it kills a woman? Don't I already know this? The Pasuk starts off if a man gores a woman. Meaning they're all the same when it comes to halacha. Men and women are the same. So why does the Pasuk have to say there's a kofar by a woman? You know why it says isha in the Pasuk? Not to say that there's Kofer by a woman. I already know that. But it's rather to say, just like, right, Kofer is, it kills Reuven, right? You can't pay Reuven because Reuven's dead. So who does it go to? It goes to Reuven's heirs, his sons. So too, if a woman is killed, who do you give it to? You give it to her heirs, meaning not her husband, her family. It goes to her family, her father, her brother, her son, not her husband. That's the Chiddush of the Pasuk. Now, Okay, interesting. Meaning, although the husband inherits her for all other things, not for kofar. That's what we're saying. Wait a minute. You're telling me that the husband does not inherit the wife? Meaning, in general? I know by kofar you're saying this, but is this like indicative of in general, the wife is not inherited by the husband? The wife... When the wife passed away, the husband inherits it. So what what meaning what, basically why would Kofer be different? So the Gemara is Amrish Lagish. The answer is Kofer is not the rule, it's the exception. Why? The difference is the husband inherits things that she owned when she was alive. Let's say a woman had a piano. So she owned it when she was alive. When she passed away, it goes to her husband. Kofer is paid after she passes away. It's like getting a check that she gets, like, let's say a woman passes away, and then she gets a check from her uncle who passed away. Does she? Does it go to the husband? No. The husband only inherits things that she owned when she was alive. Kaifer is paid after, it's posthumously, it's after her death. So because it's after her death, it doesn't go to the husband, it goes to her family. So a pension, she should, uh, he should not get if, if that's it's interesting it's a good question if if we look at pension right i guess pension is she has no rights to pension when she's alive right right is that how you look at it i don't know i mean she gets a well that's well that yeah, i'm saying collected a pension that would he's getting the pension he, he's getting let's say it's a divorce couple so she gets uh yeah but divorce pension. is different divorce he's not inheriting her anymore that's why it's a little tricky divorce is a little different um the point is, if it's something that she owned when she was alive, then it goes to her husband. But if it's money that fell after her death to her, 
to her state. That's why I like inheritance. Let's say she had an uncle who passed away after she died. She had a great uncle who passed away. So the money went to her, but she's not alive anymore. Then it does not go to the husband, it seems from the sugi. I don't know how long. It goes to her children or her brother or her father. The Gemara says, my taima, why do we assume this is the same case by a kofer? So you see that by a kofer, which is paid after death, it goes to her heirs, not her husband. One last Gemara, and then we'll end with this. We're not going to be done the sugya. You know what? Let's stop here. We'll pick it up tomorrow, Bez Hashem. Okay. All right. Have a good one. Shkaya.